Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is you have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast, episode number 123. And I'm excited about this one. Today we have with us Colby from Get Protocol, which is uh, an NFT ticket platform. And for those of you that listen to the show, will have heard this a million times, would understand why I wanted to to have uh, Colby on and talk about Get Protocol. I've been a ticket broker for 17 years. That's what I did before NFTs. So what's up, man? I'm happy to have you on and, and chat it up. There's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Thanks uh, very much for having us on. Big fan of the podcast. I have to say the hype track at the beginning has got me read up and ready to chat NFTs. So mm. yeah, awesome stuff. Shout out to It's Just Los. He made that at the very beginning, a year and a half ago, he made that track for us and we nice. love it. It's definitely, definitely gets it's us ideal. ready to go. Yeah, man. Mm. That's what's up. So uh, I, I guess first, so uh, talk about yourself a little bit and and get protocol, and then we'll we'll to- we'll get into NFT tickets and everything you guys have going mm-hmm. on. But but mm-hmm. who are you? You you do marketing and NFT strategy for them? Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically kind of head up the NFT side of things, the post event side of our NFT tickets. Um, basically, stumbled into the role really just coming from more traditional NFT, you know, the the cultural side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I originally stumbled into into crypto in 2017. I was I was kind of always a fan of the the sort of transparent side of things. I come from a programming uh, background, so was always a bit uh, hyped around the technology specifically. Um, but one thing that really struck me, and, and this is funny because I actually discovered Get Protocol as a community member back in 2017. Uh, I, I was just doing a little bit of investing on the side while doing a programming job. And uh, it was it was kind of in that age where everything was about, you know, how many transactions per second uh, something's doing, you know, if it's 70,000 TPS, 150,000 TPS, everyone was just sort of throwing up buzzwords. And what really struck me about Get Protocol is uh, it was just like a, a casual AMA that they were doing in a, in a community channel. And it was just very grounded, you know, it was, here's a problem in, a, in an industry that is in dire need of some change. Here's how blockchain can make this more transparent, and here's how we see things evolving, and here's what we want to do. So I, I kind of immediately became allured by the the project and jumped on as a community member, and just kind of uh, followed it as as time went on and joined in and um, jumped onto the team about two years ago. And okay. yeah, I, I essentially just head up the NFT side of things uh, on the marketing side as well. Just really, how can fans and how can artists connect with each other in deeper, more meaningful ways through Web3 and through NFT tickets? So yeah, it's a it's a never-ending source of enjoyment because there's so much going on. You know, it feels like the early internet boom in in the sense of of all the different Web3 platforms being built. And yeah, we see NFT tickets as a really accessible way to to bring norm, normal everyday people into the space. So. That's me. So when did when did Get Protocol actually uh, fire up? Yeah, so we're kind of dinosaurs in this space. Around 2016 was the, when the initial project fired up. Wow. Um, it's good to know. So I think this gives a bit of context for, for listeners. But we basically started as a, a, a ticketing company called Guts Tickets in the Netherlands. 
the, the the scope was essentially how can we kind of create something that's quite condensed and we can sort of bring it to market and make it something that everyone can kind of understand, you know. Um, so if you went to an event organizer and said, okay, we're get, you can use our ticketing infrastructure and there's a bit of blockchain attached to it, that's kind of how we started. And that was as Guts Tickets. And then we kind of realized as, as the year went on, well, hang on a second, this can be something that can become a protocol and be actually used by other ticketing companies. And that's how Get Protocol was started. Okay, that's what's up. So I actually came into this one pretty raw. Normally I have like tons of research, tons of questions. Mm -hmm. I was on Mm -hmm. your website and I was looking like watching the transactions. I want to ask you about some of them and kind of what Mm -hmm. the tickets are. But um, so one of the, one of the NFT ticketing companies that a lot of people know and use is token proof and they do like kind of the token gated events. What is the difference with you guys and them? Do you do that as well? Or what, what particularly do you guys offer in tickets? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've kind of approached it from the Web2 angle onwards, really, uh, not from the Web3 side. So what we really wanted to do, first and foremost, is appeal to the mainstream events industry. So, you know, whether it's yourself or your grandma, you can attend an event, enjoy, and actually benefit from NFTs in the background. So I'd say the immediate sort of difference between token proof, and I I love what those guys are doing, by the way, Uh is we've kind of just built a whole ticketing infrastructure. So it's not just the sort of verification and validation of a ticket, but it's, you know, the real-time analytics, it's reporting, it's, um, you know, all of the things that an event organizer kind of needs. And we've sort of packaged that up into a white label infrastructure that a ticketeer or an artist themselves could basically replicate in their own branding and kind of use that in their local market. So uh, that's kind of like what makes us unique. I'd say it's kind of web 2.5, even though I think that term has quickly become a bit cliche, but it was kind of what what the plan was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I'd say that's the difference. Um, I think it's good to, to give a bit of context. What we've basically done is we've kind of got like the three parts of the business. So we have Guts Tickets, as we mentioned, which is still operating in the Netherlands. And that's our ticketing company. It's basically our showcase. It's the experimental branch of it where we can really apply it to a specific use case so for example met amsterdam last year which was a quite a big web3 um, conference we did the ticketing through guts tickets and that kind of allows us to innovate and also keep keep the pulse on on what the events industry is thinking and then we've got a white label which is again like all of that guts tickets tech that we've basically bundled together so other ticketeers can use it what's it guts Um, guts tickets G-U-T-S? Yeah, guts. G U T S. Yeah, yeah. Yep. you need guts to uh to sell tickets. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I want to check that out too. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm just I'm like really, and I I try and keep my ear to the ground on everything happening with NFT mm-hmm. tickets. Um, like I, you know, that was my bread and butter. I know a lot of people in the industry still. Like mm-hmm. I've been keeping my eye a lot on what uh what Live Nation is doing. They went to the Flow blockchain. I think you guys are on Polygon, yeah. right? They yeah, I, I think yeah. they're doing something sounds like pretty similar to what you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so with, with, they're doing ticket stubs. So you know, you basically get so far, but they yeah. have a yeah. they have something coming down the path mm-hmm. to on flow. The ticket stubs mm-hmm. they did, and they did millions mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you could talk about you probably know more than me, so I'd love to yeah. hear. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. They've done a, a couple million on flow as the ticket stubs. I think they do have other ambitions, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, we operate on Polygon, so uh, every single ticket that's sold by a ticketing partner is immediately minted on Polygon as an NFT. 
Um, the way the interaction works is if I'm an attendee and I'm buying my ticket, I just purchase it with fiat currency, you know, local fiat currency. So US dollars, euros, but actually in the background, it's minted as the NFT the second I purchase it. Uh, what that allows is if you do want to, obviously not everyone's going to be interested in this, but you can actually track that transparently. So you can turn on the feature and go, okay, I'd like to see the life cycle of my ticket in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all on chain. Uh, we've got a explorer, explorer.get-protocol. Uh, and that's all that real. Yet. Yeah, it's all real-time analytics, which is is super cool. It's like so, I, I, even though I work for the company, I think uh, there's there's not a Monday that goes by where I'm like, okay, let's just check what's happened here, you know. And you'll have like a, a piano duel in Baltimore, and then you'll have a meet and greet in Australia. It's it's honestly incredible to see it all flowing in real time. Um, so yeah, that that's the explorer. But but yeah, I, I think what um, what we're really trying to do is bridge bridge the Web three technology in in sort of incremental um, steps to mm-hmm. to kind of fit it to to where the market needs it. So in the beginning, it was literally all under the surface. You know, when we first launched, it was let's mint the tickets; they'll be there in the background transparently, and people can reference that if they want to. But that's it. Then we sort of uh, did it so you can claim the NFT. Uh, so you could, it was really, really, really poor in the beginning. You know, it was like you enter your collectible address and then you don't hear anything. You don't see anything. And then you go to the event. And then what we basically did is we've now allowed it. So you enter a collectible address, you receive the collectible before you actually uh, go into the event. But the nice thing is it's a proof of attendance because the NFT is actually locked to that wallet until the ticket is scanned. So mm. you you have to verify the ticket and, and actually attend the event in order to trade and transfer the NFT. So um, you don't know crazy. you don't allow people to sell it beforehand. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it really arose where we actually had an event where someone was buying the NFTs to have the NFT and not attend the event, mm-hmm. and and obviously that's a really interesting dynamic. It never happened before, and it took us by surprise, but. We really thought, okay, maybe this is our opportunity to create a proof of attendance where you actually create like a further step where the artist knows that that NFT holder at that time of the event has attended. And then you can do all kinds of cool stuff like during and post event. You know, it could be access to a community hub, access to future ticket sales, uh, to merchandise discounts, to even metaverse environments. You know, it creates this sort of wealth of, of opportunities that we're only just exploring the surface of. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we are now. That's interesting. There's actually some legal implications in the U S with respect to not allowing people to, are you guys familiar with any of that? There were like lawsuits. I know New York state, like you have to be able to transfer your tickets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's the thing you can actually transfer the ticket. You just can't transfer the NFT. So the way it works is until Uh, you actually attend the event, you're able to transfer the tickets on a built in secondary market. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you transfer that ticket in the background, the NFT is actually moved to another wallet, to the other user's wallet, um, through on on a smart contract level. So it's um yeah, it's been a quite unique way of bridging it, really, um, in a way that you know as uh, does sort of uh, conform to legal standards. Right. Um, okay. So so the NFT stays in the the original wallet. I'm sorry. I I just want to I just want to kind of get it to see what yeah, everyone's yeah. doing. The you can sell the ticket on your secondary market. You guys have mm-hmm. a secondary market, or you yeah. can sell it on OpenSea because it's Polygon. Yeah. So the belt. So it's a, so basically before someone goes into the event, it's kind of in a Web two format in the sense okay. that you're yep. you're trading your tickets on a built in primary and secondary market. 
Um, the nice thing about that built-in secondary market is it allows the uh, event organizer, the promoter, et cetera, to actually retain the secondary market revenue. So the yeah. way it works is it's basically built in. You you know you still know exactly which customers have uh, bought a ticket on the secondary market, and you also still retain uh, part of that revenue share. That's um, exactly why Live Nation's coming in. That's exactly why. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And precisely. And um. And that's where we see like the industry evolving, and we've taken pride of sort of trying to be always ahead of the curve. And I think, you know, a big question we get asked these days is what does separate us from Ticketmaster? You know, if Ticketmaster builds in a secondary, if Ticketmaster does these NFT stubs and perhaps more. Mm-hmm. And I think that the big thing there and the thing we've been piloting now is actually decentralized event financing. So that, that which is a, probably a crazy term in its own right, but effectively all it is is an event organizer or a promoter, whoever, whatever the structure is, they need to raise capital to fund their event. The problem is, in order to most 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 event organizers have to sell tickets in order to raise funds to you know fund their event. Therefore, there's kind of that odd window of time where you have to book things and then you have to sell your tickets, and before that mm-hmm. happens, you've you know you've got no cash flow. So um, what we've actually done is we're able to mint the NFTs beforehand, like bundle them up in a smart contract, lock them. uh, And this is not, you know, they're not being sold to attendees at this point. This is before that. They're bundled up in a smart contract. And then DeFi, like uh, investors can actually provide capital. They can assess the risk and go, okay, you know, this is a legitimate event organizer. They've got transparent tickets on chain, like a history um, we know, okay, this is probably this amount of demand that's going to be for this event. They can actually provide the capital up front. And then, uh, you know, then the artist and the event organizer can fund the event. And then what happens is when the tickets are sold to attendees, that revenue actually goes back to the DeFi investors. And they're the first ones who get their hands on the revenue because of the fact it's all done through smart contracts. Mm-hmm. So we think it's a pretty big game changer in terms of uh, just being able to finance events um, outside of the traditional model. That is interesting. What are some of the the larger events you guys have done that with? Because I know you can't do that with like a piano bar in Baltimore, but you can mm-hmm. do it with like, like a, a music festival, I presume. Like what are some of the ones mm-hmm. you've worked with? Yeah, so we're we're really in the early piloting stages, but one we have done it with is Lewis Capaldi, who's a British singer. He is doing an event in August in Iceland. Um, So he basically needed to raise an amount over 100K. Um, And then what we were able to do is actually bundle those tickets and then, yeah, get uh, um, DeFi investments to actually fund the event. And and yeah, and, and then effectively what happened is that I think it was 20% of the initial tickets that were sold basically returned that uh, upfront capital. Uh, and the rest of that ticket sale then, of course, flowed naturally back to the event mm-hmm. organizer and the promoter. That's neat. Yeah, it's definitely a neat, uh, a neat option. Who do you, who are you guys like shooting for? What are your, what are, what kind of events are, are your favorite to do? Like, what do mm-hmm. you guys? It's, it's mainly the event, just um, non-general admission uh, music events. Primarily is the is the you big said one. non-general admission or general? Uh, sorry, just general admission. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, general admission. Um, we do have ambitions, obviously. Well, the, the main overall ambition is to become a global data standard, right? Where every ticketer, large or small, can plug into and, and basically benefit from Web three and NFTs. 
Um, but yeah, for, for now, it's like the music industry, a bit of the sports industry, theaters, that kind of stuff. And we've done 3 million, 3.3 million uh, NFT tickets to date um, uh, with about 18 ticketing partners around the world. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So what are you so NFT ticketing in general? I mean, what are some of the what do you what do you see as like the biggest benefits? Like I look a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like you know, rewarding your early holders. And a lot of them are going to become valuable. If you had, Mm -hmm. you know, tickets to some early concert of somebody, that should become valuable. Uh, Making a market out of it. What do you look at? What what do you think the future looks like? Yeah, so... As a a sort of NFT DGN and kind of Web3 believer, um, the big part for me is creating actual communities where it's not a single relationship like like it's a mutualistic relationship i think the way that the the artists and fans interact right now is just so limited you know it's usually an email that gets sent to your inbox it's one way it goes in the spam you don't really react to it okay you get your ticket great what what i think nfts offer is the ability post event to actually engage with a global audience across multiple platforms the big, the big thing for me and the big problem, I think a lot of artists uh, struggle with this right now is um, being able to actually get in front of fans is difficult. You know, whether it's Instagram, whatever um, platform you use, it's all siloed, you know, so you're kind of fighting the algorithm. You're siloed to a single platform, so you can't actually transport your community off of it. With NFTs, the NFT is the community. You know, so as you said, like if you go to my first event, I'll always have a reference to you. You know, if it's only 100 people that went to my first event and 10 years down the line, I'm sort of selling an arena tour, then, uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of a, a magical thing being able to actually go, okay, those 100 people may get a 20% discount lifetime over the rest of my events. So lots of lots of post-event stuff there. That's awesome. No, that is really interesting stuff. I'm sorry, we just had an interruption. So we're recording today in the afternoon. Normally we record at nighttime. And I have my son, Edward, here, who's been begging me for a long time to come on and say a little something on the podcast. <laughs> now he's getting shy, but let's see what happens. So we're recording in the afternoon. So I told him to come in, if you don't mind. It's all good with me. What's up, Edward? What do you want to say to everybody? Hey, Edward. What'd you say? Call me out. He's calling you out. He's calling you out. He's calling that's me my, out. <laughs> yeah, he's saying what's up. That's that's my boy, Edward, right here. If you want to say anything hey, else Edward. before you go, we only got 10 more seconds and you got to go. What's your favorite dance? <laughs> Fortnite dance. I thought it was the gritty. It was. It was? Yeah. All right. Go out. Go out back inside. Go through your sisters. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. I'm back. <laughs> that was Edward. Everyone's heard about Edward before. And uh, that is Edward. I gave him a minute and now he's banging on my door, but everything is good now. All right. Minute in the starlight. We're nice. back. We're back. So you mentioned you were an, you're an NFT DJ. I want to, let's get into that a little bit. How did you learn about NFTs? Mm. Ooh. Yeah, good question. What was my first introduction to NFTs? Oh, I think, yeah, honestly, I don't actually remember the first introduction, but what I think really appealed to me was it was Woody's, actually. I don't know if you've heard about Woody's. I remember Woody's. I remember Woody's at the first NFT NYC, Mm -hmm. like whatever it was, November 2021, where they had like trucks going around. That's, That's all I know about it. That's okay. all I know about it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, effectively what it is, is it's all about regeneration, about sustainability, about sort of fostering a community, a local community using, yeah, using sustainable practices mm-hmm. and, and just really coming together to celebrate nature effectively. But I, I think what really got got to me was the fact that 
it was a very, very clear targeted niche of people that came together. And it was this ability for to get 10,000 people around the world to come together for a specific cultural need. And that, to me, is what NFTs are. You know, I, I think when you look at the grand scale, say you look at the board apes or whatever it may be, crypto punks, they're all sort of sub niches. They're all like cultures in a way, micro microcosms. And every single project has their own little identity, you know. And I think really all, all you see there is basically how much do you want to be a part of that identity? How much does it appeal to you? How much do you actually feel like you belong in that identity? Whereas I think some people focus on prices and actual the, the imagery. And I don't get me wrong, I love the imagery for a lot of projects. But I think really it's it's about those 10,000 individual people globally that can all connect and the NFT becomes that sticky sort of resin that holds it all together. Yeah, so that was my first introduction. And then I just became like fascinated by you know, dead fellas, doodles, all, all of the kind of big projects, but also some small ones, you know. Um, like Based AF, uh, Robin Schmidt from The Defiant. I really just love people who want to change the mold, break the mold. Like he he ran a Metaverse, um, a Metaverse ultra marathon, <laughs> uh, and basically like celebrating, uh, yeah, the ability for the Metaverse to do good. And he raised a hundred thousand for Great Ormond Street Hospital in the UK. So yeah, I, I just mm. love how like you see so many of these NFT projects that bring people together to do good. Um, and I, I, yeah, and I think that's what really allured me to it. All right. So you, you found out about Woody's, I guess that was, was that like mid 2021? When were yeah, they doing their thing? Yeah. Early, early to mid 2021. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. And what other, what other, what else have you like bought into? Have you made like some mm -hmm. good moves in NFTs or just kind of bought and hold a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I, I made some good moves with the early doodles movement, um, mm. stumbled into that, uh, I yeah you know, I remember when uh, on the mint day you know just just jumping into it and I I think you know what what appealed to me was burnt toast I, I kind of liked the fact that he already had credibility you know he, he mm -hmm. created great uh, animated content before so that made sense to me and I think the idea of a sort of Web three Disney is such a strong narrative that um, it appealed to me from the beginning but yeah in terms of other moves. To be honest, nowadays, what I really spend my time around in terms of the NFT degenerate side is actually the sort of platforms. What, what is out there? You know, mm -hmm. what are the mechanics behind it? Like if you just look at like Jack Butcher's uh, checks, you know, and the way that the burn mechanisms happen, kind of fascinated by the, the scarcity mechanics, the, the collectability mechanics. Mm -hmm. And then I try to think about how we can apply it with NFT tickets to bring people in and to really engage them. Um, and that, yeah, it's kind of how I bring it full circle. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, what platforms impress you? So I, I think immediately Bonfire is one that really uh, impresses me. Okay. And it's, you know, it's nothing crazy. Like it, it, it's not like a unique, unique, um, you know, specific functionality. It's more of just let's build a community hub. Let's make it drag and drop. Let's make it Web3 gateable from the, the get go and make it accessible. And I, I think what really uh, what I like about it is the fact that I can go to any artist. I can go to any you know, anyone who hasn't even thought about Web3 and they understand the ability to create pages, community pages, and gate them based on what collectibles you have. Um, so that that platform I really like. I also really like just Metaverse platforms, um, you know, Spatial, The Sandbox, uh, Decentraland, although I, I do find, uh, I, I think, you know, the spa uh, Spatial and The Sandbox are the ones that resonate the most with people I talk to just in terms of possibilities. Um, but yeah, th those two as well.
Yeah. I know when I first got into NFTs and for a lot of 2021, it was all about the central land, crypto voxel sandbox. And sometimes I wonder if those companies were just so early, but not quite there, or maybe they're going to have to have a V2. Like, I don't know. Sandboxes, there's possibilities, but the graphics aren't really that great, right? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely get where you, where you're coming from for sure. I I think the one thing Sandbox has going for it is it can be comparable to Minecraft. And when people think Minecraft plus inter interoperability of NFTs, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I think yeah. there's there's value there. But yeah, I also think you're right. I think a lot of early projects don't necessarily need to be the ones that actually just last the test of time. Mm. Um, uh, I think in reality, the GameFi ecosystem is only. Like, I, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard crypto voxels in months. Like no one's even mentioned that word, and that was like yeah. one of the biggest things coming up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Crypto voxels felt very sort of counterculture, though, right? Almost like you, you've got to be in on it, you know. And, and it, yeah. if you don't know about it, then what are you doing? Um, yeah. So perhaps there's something to do with that. But yeah, mm. you're right. It's um. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, I think when you look at GameFi now, for example, um, it's now only blossoming in, in terms of like actual r- robust games being built. But I still think the problem there is that a lot of the actual economies of these games are yet to be tested and, and are still need to be battle proofed. Like the sort of GameFi proof. Um, uh, what's the what's the terminology? Um, play to earn, right? Right. The play to earn uh, economics, I think, kind of need to be tested more, just purely because I think the problem is when you make something about the the monetary side of it, everyone will naturally maximize to make more money. It's just very difficult to hit that sweet spot of I really enjoy this game and I'm making a bit of money, but okay, yeah, sure, I'm not like just having the worst time but trying mm. to make the most money possible. Uh, I don't know what you, your thoughts on that are, but no, that's, those are really good points. And I, I, I mean, NFT gaming fascinates me. I'm not an expert. I don't play mm. games. Um, my kids do my, my boy who was just here is into Fortnite. And like, I see he wants me to buy stuff all the time, but he doesn't own it. Like I, I get that whole part of it. I really do believe there's somebody who's going to come and knock it out of the park sometime soon. I don't know mm-hmm. who it is. Um, mm-hmm. I've said before, hopefully it's other side for my own selfish reasons, <laughs> but uh, somebody will knock it out of the park and we'll all be like, oh yeah, that's how you do it. And yeah. I don't know who it is or what it is, but it's going to be massive. It's going to be billions and billions yeah. of dollars when somebody figures it out. Oh, hundred percent. I totally, yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, and another thing I really hope we get is just more interoperability moments. Like I really yeah. want that moment where you know, one NFT becomes X in one game, Y in the other, Z yeah. in the other, you know? Right. Sure. Sure. I mean, it'd be really nice. Like I thought about that too. Like if I was to play video games, I would like to be my board ape in every single game. I'd like to mm-hmm. be my board ape, be a quarterback in Madden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like totally, that'd be amazing. And, and it'd be, could be people would like that to be able to bring yeah. their character wherever. Uh, yeah, blockchain I has, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, I think it's a great way of bootstrapping an ecosystem as well. Like if you incorporate an NFT, you've just incorporated 10,000 people who can potentially play your game and probably want to because of the fact, yeah. you know, they can play their asset inside of in, inside of your ecosystem. They'll certainly at least try it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Madden should do right away. They should just be like, bring your avatars and we'll put them on the field. Like that'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's also so like going back to the digital twin that one of the sort of base NFT layers that we offer. I mean, what really excites me there is it's the ability. So effectively, what the digital twin is, it allows an existing ticketeer to twin their tickets as NFTs. So the existing ticket is still used to enter the event, but Mm -hmm. it also comes with an NFT copy that a person can actually get access to. So for, for, you know, for an existing ticketeer who's perhaps been in the business 20, 30 years, you have all of that kind of legacy stack that if you were to go, oh, do you want to just use a white label, full infrastructure, they're going to look at you going, what the heck, you know, get out of our building, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's why we kind of created this digital twin where they can just plug it in and basically pass ticket data through the API, yeah. mint it on, on the protocol, and then everyone gets access to an NFT. And I just think, imagine, uh, you know, I, I think imagine like a football stadium where everyone gets a uh, a couple of trading cards or, you know, a highlight gameplay. Um, I, I think, you know, if you take, for example, so rare um, where it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure if you were, but yeah, like digital trading cards. Um, I just think, imagine if you could drop a couple of those to every ticket holder. Right. And I think that's the potential of millions of people basically being able to get their hands on collectibles. Um, yeah. Nice. I got to give you a shout out for that awesome pivot back to get protocol. <laughs> I was talking about all Thank different you. kinds of stuff, and you brought your bosses are gonna love that. That was very good. That was very, very good. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. Man, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' tickets? Do you guys do like uh barcodes, rotating barcodes, paper tickets? Rotating barcodes, uh rotating Rot- QR codes, sorry. Right, that's yeah. what I meant. QR codes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotating yeah. QR codes. That's what's up. Yeah, and it's uh it's it's basically tied to a mobile number as well. Um, so if someone enters their mobile number, it basically ties that rotating QR code to that. So you have the sort of double validity. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, rotating QR, it's big pain in the butt for people like me for ticket brokers when that started mm-hmm. coming out. That was, mm-hmm. a, that was something. Yeah. The smart thing yeah. need, needed to be done. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, you also, like, uh, we, we get one of these questions where it's like, if I buy a ticket, and um and and there's a built-in secondary market should i be able to uh sell my ticket with the same priority as the primary sale so you know say a primary sale isn't fully sold out and i bought a ticket should i right be you don't want you don't get... want someone undercutting the gas right like, yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and and it's one of those things and i and you know, we want to try and balance it as much as possible where a yeah. fan can trade their their ticket as easily as possible. But at the same time, you know, if the if the event organizer hasn't sold out their tickets and we go, oh, okay, this fan sold the ticket before you did, mm-hmm. then um, it creates a problem. Um, so it, it is can a bit create of a, problem. a problem. Yeah, it can create a problem for sure. Um, it also is like if you're looking for the actual market, sometimes it, the price does go down. Like, you know, we have all these giant amphitheaters around the country and they sell big giant lawns, 20,000 person lawns. And mm-hmm. sometimes those tickets are going for five bucks before they mm-hmm. sell out just because it, it is what it is. Very interesting. Very interesting talking about NFT tickets. What else do you want to, what else do you want to bring up about? Cause I wanted to talk about the different tickets I was seeing coming through, but what else do you want to bring up about what you guys do, what you guys are trying to build, who you want to reach out to? Like, what do you want to, mm-hmm. what else you want to talk about? And I'll, I'm going to find what I was looking for. Yeah, perhaps we can chat about um, how how we feel these tickets. Like, so we have actual on chain token economics for all of these tickets, which is where okay. it kind of gets a little bit spicy. Because effectively, what we've done is uh, built a system where uh, ticketing partners that use our tech actually top up 
uh, get tokens, which is an ERC20 token. They just do it before they sell tickets. So before they sell tickets, they use a okay. fiat gateway. You know, they pay in US dollars, but then it it basically swaps that into get. Um, and then get is effectively the fuel for every ticket. Uh, so every single time a ticket is purchased, there's a little bit of get that's used in the background to fuel that ticket through its life cycle. What's pretty cool about that is using, you know, and one of the big benefits of cryptocurrencies, of course, is a global payment uh, rails, right? So if there's a ticketeer in Mexico and if there's a ticketeer in Austria, they can sit, pay the same price, have the same on-chain accounting through the get token. Um, and the attendee doesn't need to know about the get token because they basically just pay for their ticket with fiat currency all the while, you know, it's, it's being fueled by a token. And we just actually uh, launched a staking platform called staking.get-protocol. And that basically allows get token holders, so our community, to uh, receive actual rewards from tickets being uh, sold around the world. So, you know, when a ticket's being sold for a, a, a nightclub in the UK, uh, the get token holders are receiving rewards from that, which we think is like just such a cool real world yield uh, system in place. Cool. Wow. The get token went up to $9 for a spike in March 2021 when they, when yeah. that, oh man, look at that yeah. spike. You guys must have been going crazy. I was probably right before you came though. The people there must have been going crazy. Yeah, I was. I was just joining show. around then. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's a that's a party right there. Because <laughs> I, I I have to yeah. look at it more. I don't know how many how many are there total. Eleven million supply. Pretty cool. Yeah, right it's twenty three million in total. Um, yep. And there's around oh, yeah, seventeen million yeah, in circulation. Yeah, circulation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It's on upswing today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and our staking platform actually. So on Monday, that's when all the rewards kick in, um, and and yeah, kind of how the platform goes fully live. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, it's all sort of tied to this. So we have this ticketing revolution DAO. So the the, the long term goal effectively is to have a DAO where it can become kind of become a an events industry hive mind, right? Where whether you're a ticketeer or an artist or an event organizer, you can get involved and actually make decisions that impact, you know, what the protocol is building. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the long-term future. Pretty interesting stuff, man. I, I honestly don't. So I'm looking at the tickets. I pulled up one that mm-hmm. just sold a minute ago. What mm-hmm. is ticket life cycle? They all say life cycle. Yeah, the life cycle is effectively tracking the different state that the ticket is in. So there's about five different life cycle states. There's sold, resold, scanned, checked in, and invalidated. And uh, basically, the life cycle just tells you at what point in in yeah in the life cycle the ticket okay. is in. It, ju- it doesn't tell me what the the. It just says ticket life cycle. It doesn't tell me what mm. stage it's in on a um, specific ticket. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then it says issued by ONTAP. I guess that's the company right. putting on whatever this event is. So right. for $4.21, tenth of a get used. Mm-hmm. And then there are Yeah, so, so what happens effectively is when a new part of the ticket lifecycle happens, just below where it says sold, you'll actually see, you know, resold or scanned or checked in. Okay. So this, this uh, ticket has just been issued um, by ONTAP. And on tap are a partner that we have in Nottingham in the UK. So they mm-hmm. do student uh, student events, nightclub events, uh, and also like kids playground um, ticketing. So it's quite uh, quite exciting seeing those come in. Well, 
Uh, and you're based in Amsterdam. You guys are all in the Netherlands? Yeah, primarily. We're about 55 people or so, but we do have a protocol team that's kind of spread around the world, um, which okay. does make for fun challenges sometimes, Jump, uh, getting everyone jumping in on a, on a call. But yeah, that's it's, it's quite fun. Yeah. yeah, I've been to the Netherlands twice. I'm I'm a huge fan. Amsterdam, obviously nice. Rotterdam. I was mm. first there in uh, 2001 for a music festival called Jammin' in the Dam at the Melkweg. Oh, at the Melkweg, nice. Yeah, Melkweg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the is Melkweg. it, Melkweg? M- Milky Way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool venue, right in the heart of the city. <sighs> it's a little spa, a couple rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like. It was the Disco Biscuits and Keller Williams and Particle and uh, Umphreys McGee. Nice. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah. That sounds nostalgic. I, yeah, I, I wish yeah, there was yeah. a collectible uh, collectible from that event. I know. <laughs> oh, man. If I had collectibles from all – I went to the first Bonnaroo. I was at the Fish uh, Millennium in the, in the Everglades. I got all that uh-huh. stuff to be – all, I mean, I think I have some of the tickets somewhere, but it would be awesome to have digital memories of that. And some of that's, you know, probably not worth anything really, but – Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff I went to certainly would be. I've been to Eagles NFC Championship games, and I was at the fourth and twenty seven game. You probably don't, do you know about the Philadelphia Eagles? You probably don't know anything about not the Eagles. I know the 76ers. I'm a, I'm a bit okay. of a basketball. All right, guy, cool. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Yeah. Joel Embiid. No, we just the Eagles just lost the Super Bowl. I've been talking about that a bunch on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. The green. If you look at the NFT catcher logo, the green mm-hmm. is literally the old school Philadelphia Eagles green. So that's oh, how really? we got that. Yeah, like to exactly. the hex code, right? Ex- yep, Kelly Green to the hex code. Exactly, Sick. exactly. That's how Sick. that's how we branded. I know. I was I was very happy when we made that happen. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's a good tribute. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, but no, I love I love Amsterdam and and mm-hmm. for the cult, not just the weed. The weed is great, but for the culture, <laughs> like one thing that really blew me away was Rembrandt's Night Watch. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. seeing that like actually seeing that in person because most paintings you see they're not quite so big that one is gigantic and they say that he cut it because he didn't like it and it was even mm-hmm. bigger originally than it is now mm-hmm. and it's like this is like 10 feet by 15 feet i don't even remember but like it's astonishing isn't it and yeah and it was it crazy apparently like there was some kind of I, I i'm i could be getting this wrong but i believe it was repaired and they may have used some kind of like robot like 3d printer thing to actually do some of the re- reparations really? of that painting yeah yeah I could only imagine the stress though if I built a, a robot that had to I know to, to repair the, one of the most... Rembrandt. Yeah. yeah. Like that was I remember like that's in the Rijksmuseum. And it was just mm. I just remember it just being really impressive. Like of all the art I've seen around the world, I mean like Garden of Earthly Delights at the Prada in, in Madrid mm. is one that blew me away. And that one certainly did. Um yeah. going to Amsterdam. There is, I mean, just walking around and biking around and riding on the mm. canals. Like, it's an awesome world-class city, you know, like, yeah. it really is. Yeah. And and you could go and you smoke a bunch of weed, too. Like, that's a nice little, people like that. But I think True. you guys are trying to cut down on the tourists doing that, aren't mm. you? Isn't there, like... Yeah, there are there are some stuff happening. So I only moved yeah. over here actually last year. So I'm kind of okay. still really amazing myself. In the where city, were you? Yeah. Where, uh, where are you originally from? uh from wales in the uk okay so for sure to Card- yep. close to cardiff yep. um okay yeah. so not too far away but mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's but, not, that's um, a nice little move that's not bad yeah i to be honest it was mainly just to be closer to the guys uh, at the office it's just yeah. you know you want to be involved in the kind of the uh, mission sure. control no doubt um, no that's pretty cool man yeah. i respect that that's what's up yeah that's what's up cool well 
I don't have too much more to chat about about this. If you have mm-hmm. any, oh, you know what? I usually ask people. I'll give you a chance. Do you have any artists that you would like to shout out? Because I have one that I meant to on uh, Monday and I forgot to, so I got to hook them up. But I usually mm-hmm. give people a chance to shout out any independent artists that they really like. People they think mm-hmm. should be getting a little shine. So if you got anybody, feel free. I have one in mind, and nice. I, I've been I've been wanting to shout this guy out from the rooftops. I think he's incredible. His name is Ben Salvare, so S-A-L-V-A-R-E. But he actually creates this, uh, it's sort of a long meta collection of Pidgeys, so pigeons, called the Spy Pidgeys uh, Yob Club, (laughs) Yob Squab. Um, But but what I really like about him is he's actually like a traditional artist. Like he does incredible sort of graphite um, designs. But then he's also got this really sort of retro pop, uh, Pidgey's collection um, and I, I think really that the effort that he puts in into actually developing his collections and fostering his community it, it's it's been incredible and I, and I know that you know I, I think I think it can be frustrating at times being an artist like him you know and not really getting a crazy amount of recollection even though he fully deserves it mm-hmm. so yeah that's my uh, that's my pick uh, I think if you are interested in an artist who does everything a bit of everything digital uh, graphite prints um then yeah he's the guy he also created his own uh, statues little pigeon statues which are pretty cool I love that it's uh, it's at the Salvar, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. S-A-L-V-A-R-E? Yeah. At yeah. The Salvar on Twitter. Does really cool stuff. That's a great shout out. Mine is my buddy Kyle Confer. I've known him for a long time. He's actually a muralist in Philadelphia and does all kinds of really cool stuff. But before the Super Bowl last week, he put out a free edition on Manifold that was like representing the Eagles and taking down Kansas City. And sadly, we didn't win, but it was really cool. Kyle Confer. Sick. Really good dude. I've known him for a long time in the space. Awesome artist. Philadelphia does big giant murals and does all kinds of stuff. It's at K-C-O-N-F-E-H-R. Love for you to give Kyle a look and uh, and Ben as well. Those are two really good picks for some artists to check out. I love that. I love that. Amazing. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. check out Kyle for sure. Well, Colby, what a pleasure having you on. I'm absolutely going to keep my eye on what Get Protocols doing. I'm going to take a deeper dive into guts tickets and and everything you guys do just to really learn. It's 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 the, it's a frontier, and hopefully you guys are the ones that make it click and and do some awesome stuff. Um, but it was a pleasure having you on. I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad we made it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, then, Michael, thank you. It's it's a pleasure to jump on here. I, cool. I love how you know you really make uh, guests feel comfortable. So it it was a pleasure. No, I appreciate that a lot. I usually rely on Jennifer for that. She'll be back soon, so it'll be, you know, I've been trying to do my best. This is, I think, like the eighth episode or so since she's been on her hiatus. We, Andy and I have been keeping it up. We love doing it. Um, that We get great feedback. I, like I always say, I love all the messages. Our Discord's been popping a little bit. We have an NFT catcher Discord with a great little community. So good oh, stuff, nice. man. That was very nice of you to say that, and I appreciate it. And uh, everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. 
If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Loose. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. So